0: Welcome to another episode of The Walk. You can barely hear my footsteps because I'm in the woods and I'm walking on a path that is covered with... Um, is it—is it the word needles? So the stuff that comes from pine trees? I think you call it needles. is what we call it needles in Dutch. And so that makes for a very soft, almost carpet-like feel. And it's very comfortable to walk here. Um, it's one of those smaller paths. And I'm... Hopefully, heading southwest, but I'm not entirely certain because this forest is so similar wherever you go, and I start to recognize some places, but not enough to really find my bearings every time. But I have about forty-five minutes to find my way home, <laughs> and in the meantime, we can talk. Um, I wanted to uh, to address something that I think we all deal with from time to time. And that is um, negative feedback, personal attacks, um, unjust criticism, or at least we perceive it as unjust criticism. And then we have our reaction to that. And this is a recurring theme that I've talked about in in the past maybe 10 years or, or more. Something that I've always struggled with. Um, I've had a very constant need for affirmation uh, because of of, of a lot of uh, (laughs) angst, I think, or self-doubt and um, imposter syndrome where I felt like, oh, my gosh, but uh, people are seeing through me. I'm not good enough. And and it's this, what I often called perfectionism was actually fear, (laughs) fear of just being exposed to criticism. And, well something that has always comforted me is knowing that I am not the only one who struggles with that to a certain extent most of us are struggling with that from time to time and the more people are projecting this image of being super self-assured and always criticizing others often hide that same insecurity and that same fear of being criticized that they just have found a different strategy instead of you know trying to hide <laughs> and uh and and uh, not not daring much they, they strike first but that comes from the same fear of not being acknowledged for who you are and what you think. Now you also know that over time I've grown in that respect a lot and I've discovered uh, by a lot of soul searching where that insecurity comes from and I've also discovered that it is unjustified because I've I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot to contribute. And my opinion is just as, listen to that wind. Do you hear that? Wow, that sounds like traffic. And actually there is a road in the distance. This is wind in these tall trees. Whoa, impressive. I'm actually not certain what road that is. (laughs) I'm just gonna follow this bike lane. and hopefully it's because there is, the sun is, is here and then it's gone again. So normally I use the sunlight to guide me because um, then I know at least I'm going more or less in this southern direction, but the sun is nowhere to be seen. So, um, and I can't really trust the wind to point me in the right direction. So uh, I've, I've grown so much in confidence and also a very, very big... Part of the solution to this anxiety um, and stepping out of that imposter syndrome and its effects is is acknowledging that you are not perfect and that it is okay to not be perfect and in fact, embracing the mistakes that you do instead of fearing the backlash of making mistakes, so owning your mistakes and seeing. Uh, them as occasions to learn and to grow and an incentive to try again and try harder that is a game changer it's a it's completely reframing the way also in which you look at the people around you Uh, if if you if you love your mistakes then that will make you imperviable to to criticism from other people the only thing he can do is thank them for it because yeah, I agree. Thank you for pointing out this mistake. So now I can work on it and try to do better next time. There is no shame in in jumping and missing the mark. Because you tried, and that's much that's much more laudable than sitting still and never trying out of fear of failing. So it it the courage that you can find to move forward is coming from an acceptance of, of where you are now and embracing uh, the, the many failures that all of us have. And so this whole idea of who is without sin throws the first stone, I think it's, it's so true. The people usually throw stones at you because they are afraid of their own sins and their own mistakes. If you start to see that structure it becomes almost laughable. It's like that scene in Harry Potter with the mirror where um, the, the, this mirror shows the, the kids their greatest fear and then they have a spell, ridiculous, where they have to turn their greatest fear into something that they can laugh about. Well, this has the same power. It's once you embrace your faults and your mistakes, it's not that you have to make them on purpose, of course, but if you see them as an occasion to grow and... Uh, and, and you start to love yourself for who you are because of the potential that's in there. That's how God loves you. God loves you because He always continues to see the potential for you to, to become more like the, the beloved child that He has uh, destined you to become. Ultimately, even if it will take an eternity, God has patience. And so if you look at yourself through those eyes of God where yes you you made a mistake you tried you you made an error in judgment but if you look at god as the father in the story of the of the lost son he is there he has not stopped loving his son and he's right away ready to give him a new chance when he returns and it doesn't negate the mistakes and the sins maybe even but it it what what matters is uh is is this encouragement of the father and his embrace that it has not alienated the father from the son. It did, the story did alienate the son from the father, but not vice versa. If you can look at yourself through the eyes of the father, that changes everything. You don't have to be afraid of who you are or what you think or what you say at this point in your life. Thinking that it's not good enough, it's always good enough. It's good enough for God. And so I wanted to apply that to something that I experienced the other day um, when I was uh, commenting on the, the Rings of Power series, which is the Lord of the Rings-based second-era te- television series that is, uh, cur- that is in preparation for Amazon Prime. And, well, being a huge Tolkien fan and, and fascinated by this greater story and history of Middle-earth I wanted to comment on that. And I was very surprised by the backlash that I saw in the comments. It was almost as if an entire army stood up to attack my opinion, uh, and especially my positive opinion on this series. It was almost as if I'd made uh, a capital, or I've done, I'd done a, a mortal sin by being positive about the series, because, and then you get this whole for me, very foreign type of of um, debate, or it's not even a debate. These people are are so certain that they are right and I'm wrong that it is just statements. It's like, oh, you suck because you hate you you love. How can you like this series where it is clearly there's another you know money grab by by um, by Bezos and it's. Uh, uh, it's, it's all this woke nonsense and uh, everyone in Middle Earth, there's literally someone who wrote that, everyone in Middle Earth should be European because it's a Ur- European heritage. And so all these, these black actors and a the, 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 the dwarf that looks like Aretha Franklin, it's a, it's a disgrace. And yes, call me a racist, it, but I am... for That kind of talk, and I was like, whoa, dude, calm down, dude. Seriously? <laughs> that is so foreign to the people that I normally have in my community. Even when it comes to franchises as, I don't know, loved, but also debated as Star Wars. I Yes, I've seen some negativity, but not to this point, not with this ferocity. And what, what was really um, shocking at first was... How much of it was directed to me? I'm just a messenger, right? I didn't make that television series. I don't work for Amazon Prime. I just like what I see, and I have an open mind, and well, let's just discover. And even if it's not what I expected it to be, I can always learn from it. It's a version of that story. I'm still interested in why they tell the story the way they do. And that's also how I approach, try to approach Star Wars. It's yeah, I expected a different finale for the Book of Boba Fett and I had some story ideas that I think were missing. Um but it doesn't mean that I don't like the finale and that there isn't much to to love. But i always try to see both sides of the story and I certainly want to learn and and I'm ready to acknowledge if I'm I've I've been wrong and I've I've been wrong so many times. But that's what an opinion is it's a fleeting thing it's not like your values an opinion can change um, so the, I think what what I also realized when I was reading through those attacks on me and some of them I had to just delete not all of them with some I I just I always react to every comment i ch- that's a challenge that I put myself I always try to react with calmness and kindness but when people are clearly trawling and they're really v- attacking me or attacking other people, I have zero tolerance for that because I want my channel to be a safe place where people um, it's, it's a place where we grow and you cannot grow if people are, are hurting you, are attacking you because you are in this process of growth, because you're still forming your opinion so you cannot I think attack someone who is on a journey of discovery and so, I think that if I would have read these comments years ago, it would have hurt me so much. I would have been so um, insecure afterwards, and uh, I would feel attacked. And I've in the past, when people were attacking me, I was always uh, ready to uh, to write a rebuttal. You know, but that's not true, and. Pfft, I would, I would uh, get on my horse and fight back, not because I was actually fighting um, for my values or everything, but I was fighting back out of, out of hurt, out of fear, out of insecurity. Um, and I felt the need to hammer in that I was right and they were wrong. And this time <laughs> I was like, uh, okay... Wow, guys, uh, I don't agree with you. I have my own opinion about this. And who are you to judge whether I like something or not? You may not like it, but that's your problem. (laughs) Deal with it. But not, don't attack me for liking something that you don't like. It's this judgmental attitude that unfortunately is also uh, sometimes present in the church I see it uh, among bishops or priests. I see it a lot online, where uh, the tone and even the contents of the criticism that people have towards other Catholics that in their eyes are not good enough, or towards the Pope who is an anti-Pope. You know, it's it's not he's not absolutely not good enough. Um, the whole um, kind of cultural war type of vocabulary where it talks about woke it's so woke and woke stands for oh it's leftist it's liberal it is um it's it's threatening <laughs> man i was like okay well, that term woke has become um it's, it's what they say in the, uh, Princess Bride. I don't think you really me- know what that term means. <laughs> you use it a lot, but I don't think you know what it means. But it, it becomes the label for everything you hate, everything you fear, everything you feel that the world needs to be rid of. And that is, of course, total caricature of what's currently happening in our culture. And it also betrays an attitude of not wanting to listen, not wanting to learn, instead it's this bastion of uh, this, is th- this, but this is threatening my identity I don't feel acknowledged anymore I feel like I've been, I'm being forced in this wokeness culture this is the kind of talk that I hear a lot about Star Wars as well and Disney and I think it is short-sighted and it doesn't reflect my values which are very much based on what I just said It's having an open mind towards the world, towards other people. Instead of condemning someone for what he does or she thinks, try to ask, why do you do this? Be curious about what motivates someone. And you will discover, you will always discover something of value. Because people never do something just because they want to do something bad. They're always looking for something positive. If you can find that, you can find common ground. That is, for me, it's a very themistic... This is what Thomas Aquinas preaches. And that is the quintessential Catholic theologian. You cannot deny what he says. And for, But for me, it's a lifestyle. It's a choice, a deliberate choice. This is how I want to look at the world. This is when I, how I want to encounter other people. And so this attitude of... Um, I think basically masked insecurity where you condemn everything that is not part of your culture and that people that don't behave like your subculture is behaving, I think it is ultimately blocking you from learning and from loving and from enjoying. And if there's one thing that is absent in these very politicized debates and that type of criticism, the one thing lacking is almost always joy. Instead, it's replaced by counterfeit, 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 fight, counterfeit joy, Uh, which is um, irony, sarcasm, you know, smirking, um, humor that people laugh uh, about because it's uh, to the detriment of others. That's not really joy. That is just bitterness masking as joy. I have chosen not to, not to live a life with, uh, uh, according to those values. Instead, I, I want to. Uh, where am I? Okay, I think these houses are part of the village where I live. <laughs> I hope it's my village. <laughs> but uh, this is, this for me, is so vital that. And once I realized, well, but I, and what I do, my opinion is based on my way of looking at the world. It's what's making me happy. It's what's not only helping me, but it's helping lots of people who are desperate for that kind of positive, joyful uh, look at the world. This is my superpower. And who are these critics to deny me that superpower? It's like trying to use kryptonite on Superman thereby... Making it impossible for him to go out and save people. This is, this is why I, I've been very uh, rigorous in my approach to the people that do these personal attacks. Not because I'm, I'm fearful and I feel that I'm uh, not being acknowledged or uh, unjust. It's not that I have to prove myself. Absolutely not. I know who I am and I know what my values are. But I react... To protect the people that follow me. the My community on YouTube is my community. And I will not tolerate them being attacked for loving a series. Even though it will probably have its flaws. Just like any story has its flaws. But I don't want to deny them the right to enjoy it. To have this open mind. And if people cannot tolerate other people having an open mind. They have no they have no place in my life they, they have totally the right to, to adopt their own values but I don't want them in my community and this is also something that I have to translate to my to my own position in church um, in the past I remember when I was in seminary and I told you this before I was very black and white what had I seen of the world I was 18 years old And I almost felt a need for the world to be black and white so I could justify my own choices. I was part of the good guys. I was convinced of that. And um, I was very, very quick in in putting people (laughs) with the bad guys. And having a black and white world feels very comforting if you're 18 years old and you don't know anything. (laughs) I wanted to use another word, but let me use the word anything. And over time, the more I grow, the more I, I encounter struggles uh, in my own life, in the lives of others, the more I learn to see all the diversity of, of, of choices that people make, to see their journey, to acknowledge where they're coming from, and to love them despite their flaws, because I too have my flaws, I have my own journey and I feel loved, and I am loved, and I have a place in this church why would i deny that place to others however there is always a distinction between what is objectively in conflict with your values and people who are still growing and that is a difficult element of of i think of being a shepherd is this a lost sheep or is this a wolf That is always the question you have to ask yourself. But that analogy is also helpful in a sense that if someone is attacking someone else, that in that moment, that other person is behaving like a wolf. If it acts like a wolf and sounds like a wolf, it is probably a wolf. And as a shepherd, I have the obligation, the duty to protect my flock against those wolves. But it may very well be that this person, because there is a uh, consequence to the behavior, for instance, banning someone from my YouTube channel or deleting their offensive, hurtful comments, there is a possibility that that person will repent and will change their ways. In that case, of course, I should be open to reconciliation or reparation or you name it, you know. But it's not automatic, Something has to change in the other person as well, and so that is something that uh, and, and you have to also be realistic you know if the, if there there are there are attackers that you have to keep at a distance because the other sheep will just run away out of fear <laughs> and uh, the, anyway it's nuanced you have to look at things on a A case by case situation, Um, but the difficulty, the thing that I struggle often with in my church is that um, uh, our church can be very judgmental, based on 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 their own perception of what is moral, and uh, I feel that sometimes the more judgmental someone acts the more it may hide insecurity and fear. Fear of becoming culturally irrelevant, fear of, um, of losing their own principles. Uh, I struggle with giving examples because it's, <laughs> it's going to be very clear <laughs> that I'm talking about certain very specific examples that I have in mind. But let, let me not do that. Let, let's keep it more general. It is uh, what, what, what I think is so dangerous about this judgmental attitude of, you know, we know it all and we have to stand for the truth and for our, you know, unchangeable moral values. I think that, that you risk making two mistakes. First of all, you risk of making the mistake of not having to think anymore about this dichotomy between your values and the values that you see with people that you think are wrong the, f- the only way to wisdom is by asking questions and by listening and by learning and observing if you judge you, you basically close the door and so you can judge maybe the, the, the value or the ideology or the behavior we can never judge the person um so you, you rob yourself from the ability to grow by learning. by So for me, an open mind means also... I can give you a concrete example here. I was watching The Wheel of Time, and there were some scenes that depicted, uh, at one point, a, a lesbian relationship, which I did not recall from the book. And even though it was may have been hinted at, it was, for me, unnecessarily explicit, and, uh, and I was a bit distraught. I was like, man, I love this series. And can I now, as a Catholic priest, recommend this series? Um, and it's not that I'm condemning the, the, the actual relationship that was portrayed. But I felt it, it, it was... I was reacting with that same attitude of, of rejection that I see with these people that, that are so, have so much hate for this new Lord of the Rings series. Um, I felt it was a betrayal of the story, it was unnecessary, it was woke. <laughs> I had that same knee-jerk reaction to it. And then in hind- after a moment, I was like, but that's not you. That's not you. That is because you are worried about your reputation. If I talk about this series and how much I like it, and how, how much I even think that that relationship that is depicted adds to the character arc of these people and, 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 and brings something to their motivation that was lacking in the book but makes it stronger. That is what I really think of this scene. But I was reacting with so, so judgmentally because I was like, how am I going to defend this? Because this goes against the morals of the church or whatever. And I really had to, to correct myself this is not you. My values are... Uh, well, one of the things that I just told you is I want to have that open mind. I want to explore and not immediately, if I don't like something in the story uh, because it doesn't match my expectations or it's not according to the... Uh, it doesn't fit the culture that I that I am a part of. Uh, I, I think I need to be... Uh, um, uh, coherent here also in in my own attitude I have to correct my own judgmental attitude because this is not how I look at these things um, in, in, in these stories I can watch so many I've also watched Game of Thrones I know a lot of people are like why as a priest would you watch Game of Thrones because that's such an immoral story yes it is but I, I still think it is a fascinating story, and it reflects values that you see in the society. There is something I can learn about this. I, if I um, am open to this story, doesn't mean that I agree with all the choices that people make. But it challenges me. Challenges me to reevaluate my own choices. And and that is a, And I, I think that requires a certain amount of humility that yes you there are absolute values and there are definitely in ethics moral values that i think you cannot dilute or change the truth is one and if if god is truth or the source of truth then it doesn't change with the times however the the the, the interpretation of the world and of reality and the things that happen and the choices that people make, that may change. That is why theology is constantly in movement, in movement and the church has changed its opinion about a lot of the, not about the truth itself or the moral values that it stands for, but about the application to that, to real life situations. And that is, to me, that is always difficult because if I say one thing... It's like being between a rock and a hard hard place, is that the expression? So, uh, if I say it doesn't matter, it's all fine, you know, it's all relative, do what you want, then, of course, that is not what Jesus teaches us. He does want people to change, he wants to help them. um, But on the other hand, judging is something that Jesus tells us is very very dangerous you should be very careful with that because the measure you will use for other people is also going to be the measure by which you are measured yourself i think that is that is the delicate balance and it is difficult it's um and especially i I, knowing as a priest in the media i have a responsibility as well Uh, if everything is relative then what is the truth that i stand for (laughs) but when it comes to your application um, and also the interpretation of the world around me and the culture that I live in, I think there is absolutely movement. And there is. I see the change in myself, how I have had to change my opinion on, on cultural phenomena, on, on politics, on a lot of things. Because the more I learn, the more I hear the stories of people, the more I see their flaws and my own flaws, the more my, my judgment becomes more nuanced and sometimes I just suspend my judgment because I don't know. And it's okay to, don't, to not knowing things. But it is very similar to, to use a final analogy, between the way I try to, um, to hear confessions. I, I am um, um, a servant of truth. I have to teach people what is right and what is wrong. But if I'm hearing confessions, I want to understand the other person and I want to listen and I want to be merciful and I want to um, suspend my judgment because I am not there to judge. I'm there to heal. I'm there to help, to raise up instead of putting people down. And I think that in my work as a media priest I'm called to have those same two aspects i am here to communicate the truth and 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 values and i have to do that in a personal way i cannot preach values that i don't want to defend myself but then in my relationship to the people that i meet on my on my journey i have to be a listener I have to have that open mind to learn and to discover and to also question myself and my own presuppositions and upbringing and whatnot and I have to be ready to change that attitude and to change my my view on things and my opinion because it's just opinions and I think that attitude of having an open mind can even teach me deeper values can even teach me more about the truth because that's what science uses as an, as its attitude to learn it's explore it's question it's it's take, don't try to make the reality the way you want it to be but accept it as it is and study it and learn from it okay that's what i wanted to share with you <laughs> during this episode of the walk i don't know if this is clear or not uh, <laughs> I cannot always give you very specific examples because then too I would uh, be maybe too judgmental and uh even I can be wrong about uh about the things that I encounter or the people that I that I sometimes judge. But anyway, you see the the struggle and and at the same time I've 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 really grown. It's much easier to be non-judgmental if you have learned to stop judging yourself, maybe that's a nice conclusion. Um, If you start to embrace your own mistakes and see and embrace your own growth, then that can help you to not be judgmental and harsh towards other people because they too are like you. They're your brothers and sisters and you are much more like them than you actually would like to admit. All right. Thank you for listening. For those of you that are my patrons, uh, join me for the extra mile during which I will talk a little bit more about the implications for my work and my approach and my strategies. So um, if you want to listen to those episodes, join the community by going to patreon.com slash Father Roderick. Thank you for the privilege of your time. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk soon. God bless.